That's a piece that was written for children to perform, though here it's performed by the pianist Signe Bache. But the original idea from composer Karen Tanaka was that children would compose it. The work is called African Elephant, and it is part of a larger work called Children of Light. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and today's show is music for children, about children, uh, for composers that are they're inspired by children's stories. It's all in honor of Children's Day in the United States, which was June 13th, so I missed it by a week because <laughs> uh, I had some other things going on, but uh, I definitely wanted to feature this music. Interestingly, International Children's Day is in November, but in the U.S. we celebrate it the second Sunday of June, right before Father's Day. Maybe that's the reason. Couldn't find any reason why we celebrate it on a different day. Maybe it's just that American exceptionalism, right? Um, I want to say, too, that all of the music on this program was uh, researched by Stephen Rawson. In fact, the theme came from Stephen as well. Stephen is a wonderful pianist in Chicago, and he's also a teacher for Access Contemporary Music and somebody who's gradually getting more involved in some of the digital media things that we do. So I definitely wanted to make sure this program didn't go to waste, even though I was so shamefully remiss in my duty. Let's play another of these pieces by Karen Tanaka. This is the Crested Ibis. I assume you know what an African elephant is, uh, but I'll talk about the ibis a little bit. Uh, so it's native to Eastern Asia, and this is a large bird, fairly large bird, uh, with white plumage. Its head is partially bare with red skin, and it has a dense crest of white plumes on the nape. It also likes to eat frogs. Uh, the ibis, you may or may not know, but it was uh, a bird that was sacred to uh, Egypt, in ancient Egypt. Uh, but they're, uh, they're found all over the world, especially in Asia. At any rate, here is the piece Crested Ibis, and we'll hear our pianist Sine Bake again to perform. Thank you. 
That's Crested Ibis by Karen Tanaka from this work, Children of Light. Uh, it's music that is written for children to play, which is pretty tricky for any composer to write music uh, for children to actually perform. Uh, I think she does a marvelous job with it. And further, each of the animals that's featured is uh, sadly on the endangered list, um, something that, that uh, hopefully will get better in years to come as conservation efforts continue to increase. Let's do one more of these pieces. Uh, this is crowned eagle. Of course, in this country, we're, we're pretty obsessed with the bald eagle, but the crowned eagle is in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, it eats pretty much everything. In fact, there are even some reports that it eats humans, generally children, as, as you would expect, <laughs> somewhat ironically. Um, but uh, so, you know, that's not so great for us. But on the other side, the crowned eagle does mate for life. So that's pretty nice. Okay, here is crowned eagle once again, Sine Bake to perform. Another piece from Children of Light by Karen Tonica, this one, Crowned Eagle. 
Once again, that was Sine Bake performing on piano, music that was intended to be performed by children, and each of the animals in the piece is uh, unfortunately on the endangered animals list. Uh, hopefully something that will change for the better in the near future. I'm featuring music written by children, written for children, uh, for children to perform, inspired by kids, all of the above in honor of Children's Day in the United States. And uh, again, the research for this program and the concept is from Stephen Rawson. So I just want to make that clear that uh, I'm hosting, <laughs> but, uh, but Stephen did a lot of work and found some really fantastic pieces, one of which is what I'm going to play now, uh, this fantastic piece by Meredith Monk. This is from a work called Three Heavens and Hells, and we're going to play movement number three, Things Heaven and Hell. The text for this is by a child, Tennessee Reed, who is the 11-year-old daughter of author Ishmael Reed, uh, who is a great genius, so I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that his daughter is so precocious. At the same time, uh, it, it's quite an interesting idea. Um, so uh, Tennessee Reed says that uh, in this poem that she wrote, there are three types of heavens and hells, which it turns out are really all the same. And Meredith Monk said, it seems very Buddhist for an 11-year-old, which I would agree with. Uh, Meredith, if, if, you, if you don't know her music, uh, she's really fascinated with uh, rhythm, with, with setting text in, in unconventional ways. Uh, she has said that the rhythm of words takes away from my sense of rhythm. Uh, she does create these tapestries with words that allow us to just completely lose ourselves in them. The work was scored for a children's choir. So here we have text by a child, performance by a group of children, the wonderful Young People's Chorus of New York City, led by Francisco J. Nunez. Um, so let's listen. The third movement of Things Heaven and Hell by Meredith Monk.
Phenomenal music from Meredith Monk. Not that any of us are surprised. Uh, if you're familiar with her music, it's always just uh, stunning, in my opinion. Uh, that was the third movement of Three Heavens and Hells, inspired by a poem from 11-year-old Tennessee Reed, the daughter of Ishmael Reed. And that was the third movement, Things Heaven and Hell. We heard Francisco J. Nunez leading the Young People's Chorus of New York City. Great find, wonderful piece. Let's keep going with this idea of youth choir, works written for children to sing. Uh, this is a piece by Caroline Shaw that is called Its Motion Keeps. And uh, the text comes from Southern Harmony, a book compiled by William Walker that was first published in 1835 and became the most popular tune book of the 19th century. Uh, there were 300 some odd sacred songs in it, mostly folk hymns uh, from oral tradition. So Walker was the first to set these down, but he wrote them in uh, not on a five line staff with a key signature as uh, what we're used to seeing today, but in what was called four shape notation, uh, which was a much simpler, well, four shapes, a much simpler way of notating music. And uh, for many generations was the foundation of musical teaching in, uh, in rural America. Uh, so uh, these are called shape hymns. Uh, because of this. And the hymn that uh, Shaw was drawn to is called Kingwood, and she uses the first line as a basis for her text. My days, my weeks, my months, my years fly rapid as the whirling spheres around the steady pole. Let's listen. Here is the Brooklyn Youth Chorus to perform, oh, with uh, Caroline Shaw herself on viola, uh, to perform Shaw's work, Its Motion Keeps. Oh, 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 oh,
That's music by Caroline Shaw called It's Motion Keeps, and we heard her performing on viola with the Brooklyn Youth Chorus. Uh, another work written for kids, in this case uh, inspired by these uh, four shape or shape hymns, uh, which is something I didn't know a lot about. I was really fascinated to read about this concept in music education. And uh, having sung in a few church congregations over the years, I'm thinking that maybe we should bring them back. <laughs> um, our current uh, system of musical notation is definitely pretty complicated. Speaking of musical notation, another thing that composers can do, uh, not only to make things simpler per se, but to uh, to, to kind of uh, give the performer more say in how the music goes or how it, how it sounds, is a graphic score. A graphic score is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, instead of notes, you, you might use graphic elements that can be interpreted by the player. And such a score is used in Intifigus Bisueta's Symphony for the Body which is a piece that she wrote for a youth orchestra. So we're moving from youth chorus to youth orchestra. I do want to get this right, so I'm going to read Inti's program notes here. She says, Symphony for the Body focuses on the player. The principles of individual choice and agency are core to compositional structure, while the natural rhythms of each performer are highlighted throughout the work. The graphic nature of the score encourages free interpretation of articulation, register, and timing. The piece works to deconstruct hierarchies within the orchestra creating opportunities written in for each instrumental family to facilitate or lead a movement. Players are encouraged to individually choose key elements of music, such as register, duration, and pitch within comfortable parameters while utilizing the natural resonant qualities of the instruments themselves. Inspired from the work of Pauline Oliveros and dedicated to her as well, Symphony for the Body is driven by the rise and fall of breath, communal listening, and a freedom to choose your own path through its seven movements. Let's hear the work, here performed by the Shenandoah Valley Youth Symphony, who commissioned it, under conductor Yiping Chen. Inti Figus Fisueta's piece, Symphony for the Body.
That's Symphony for the Body by N.T. Figus Visueta, performed by the Shenandoah Valley Youth Symphony under Yiping Chen. Uh, interesting work. A lot of really interesting things that come out of that when you give uh, so much uh, freedom to the performers. I'm going to go a different direction now and uh, feature a work of music about the unthinkable, which is the death of a child. This is a meditation on grieving and loss. It's a large-scale work called Falling Out of Time by Osvaldo Goliov. And I want to say that I, I found this myself. I, I can't blame Stephen for this one. Uh, but I wanted to include it because this is some of Goliath's most heartfelt music. And, uh, well, it's just some of the most deeply resonant music that he's ever written, I think. It came after almost a 10-year period of not composing. And uh, I, I think it's really, really an affecting piece. In 2002, Goliath met the founder of the Parents' Circle, a group of Israelis and Palestinians who have lost family members, including, unfortunately, children. Uh, of course, there's been an ongoing conflict for as long as anybody can remember, and uh, some of the casualties of that conflict are, uh, sadly, children. And uh, the group's founder, Itzhak Frankenthal, told Goliath about a father who had lost his son and could no longer bear to sleep at his home, and for nights on end, he slept at the graveside until he could finally bring himself to go home. Uh, that story, Goliath says, then became more and more urgent in me because I realized that I know seven couples between family and friends who have had this experience. And I think that we all avert our gaze, perhaps because it's too overwhelming to contemplate. Years after that, Goliath picked up the book by David Grossman called Falling Out of Time, which is part poetry, a play, part uh, novel, a chronicle of a man out of his mind with grief for his dead son, uh, because Grossman himself had lost his son, who was a soldier and was killed in action. Uh, so this book became the, the basis for Goliath's piece, Falling Out of Time, written for the Silk Road Ensemble. We have time to do one movement. Let's listen to Heart Murmur.
זה כמו מלמול, 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 רישוש
incredibly emotional music by Osvaldo Goliov, almost overwrought in places. As I said, it is a uh, profoundly affecting piece. That's Heart Murmur, which is from a larger work called Falling Out of Time. Again, music by Osvaldo Goliov, performed here by the Silk Road Ensemble. Well, I promised I wouldn't uh, send us away in a bad mood or a dark place, and so I want to feature music by a longtime ACM student, Eva Remyan Toba. I'm going to let her talk about it, and then we'll hear the work. Hi, my name is Eva Remyan Toba, and I'm the composer of Swiss Roll. I wrote the piece a few years ago, and as I was trying to compose the music, I remember overthinking a lot. I kept trying to make the piece super complicated and challenging, but I eventually found there was beauty and simplicity, and the piece began to flow out of me. As for the title, I can remember as I was writing the song, I would need to take breaks in between sometimes if I felt too overwhelmed, and I often turned to the Great British Baking Show. So, as a tribute to the beloved Mary Berry, it felt only appropriate to name the song after one of her most favorite treats. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy my song, Swiss Roll. Swiss Roll by Eva Remyantoba, uh, work inspired by the Great British Baking Show, which uh, I never watched, but my wife loves it, and so do a lot of people. Okay, that's the end of our program. Relevant Tones has been uh, sponsored by Access Contemporary Music, a nonprofit organization that works to bring musical creativity to life every day. Find out more at acmusic.org. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening.